0: In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dove. To you this week by the great state of Wyoming, including the beaches of Cheyenne. Welcome into to episode forty-four of the Gospel Friends. I am David. I am Chase. It, I'm Nick. Have you been planning that since week one? Do you know what uh why forty four? Beaches of Cheyenne is obviously a... Right.
1: Oh, look. It's a Garth. I'm reference. assuming Wyoming was the forty-fourth state. It was the forty okay. fourth state.
0: You should uh, We should have the Beaches of Cheyenne as the uh, outro music. Can we legally do that? No. Well, can't we do less than 30 seconds?
2: I don't think so. Look, all the podcasts I listen to, they talk about music they're playing to the live audience, and they don't play it a bit. I'm talking about like ESPN and things like that. Okay. It's it's actually very frustrating.
0: Hey, programming note, I think we've broken that rule a few times.
2: Yeah, well. Including uh, with Motorhead. If we ever get huge... You know, to where we're stretching into multiple. So,
1: if you'll notice clips where we do that, it stays under 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah. I just want to
0: notice you've never brought up an objection until I asked for a Garth song to be played. And now all of a sudden
1: you're Mr. Let me copyright. get this straight. So we're worried about oh, no, the yes. copyright claim of a guy who is so paranoid about his music that he wouldn't sell it digitally. That's true. So, you know, just saying. Hey, he might really sue us. <laughs> That's hey, why I'm a little nervous about using his music. <laughs> y'all
0: help me out. Okay, well, I'll just close by singing it. How oh, about that? Well, that'll, Cheyenne,
1: any listeners we still had after the elevator dog story will... It doesn't have a beach, right? It does not.
2: Okay. Well, have you never heard that song? No. Nah, okay. not well, a country music guy. Reading about it, wow, it sounds wow. very... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm actually more than I used to be, but it sounds very
0: sad. It feels like there was a... Yeah, I don't. I don't really have time to explain it. Uh, go listen to the song. I will say that it's a it's a very dramatic, um, kind of somewhat sad song. Yeah, but it actually originally was supposed to be a joke and a parody. Oh, because um, it's about a cowboy. Yeah, it's about a cowboy that lives in like California. Oh, that's and not his version, is it? He die. Yeah, it is, and he dies in Cheyenne, and his ex. His widow is left, never seen again. Yet at night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne. Anyway, so started off as a joke and became something kind of dramatic. That is not Garth Brooks. Okay, I don't know what you're playing. No, that's That's not not Garth Garth Brooks. Brooks. Okay,
2: this ain't gonna be funny, boys.
0: That is how the song. That is how the song ended, though. I mean, that is how the song began.
1: Right. Well, I knew it was a tune, but it just. When people parody stuff, it will just not be quite. Ah, that's true. Anyway, yeah, it's a good song. It's a, it's a Do we have
0: any listeners in Wyoming? Song. Yes, we do. Okay, well, shout out to you. Shout out to those people who listen in Wyoming who I don't know who you are because yeah. I'm not sure that you've ever written it. I right don't know there. if
2: we have any uh, HOD members.
1: We need to get one. All right. So if if you are a listener that lives in Wyoming, please um, bail David out of this. You know, nosedive. The intros okay. in. Go to HallOfDogma.com. HallOfDogma.com. It dogma. is a Facebook group. Um, yeah. That same group is where we are housing our – we're calling it slogan competition. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, basically, we're planning on um, getting some swag ready to print, um, be ready for the 50-second show. And uh, the Hall of Dogma is where we've got a – it's now so pinned to the top post um, where we're taking slogans. And so basically – um. Last week was really good uh, if you listen to the show all the time. A lot of good inside jokes that we liked, um, but we're trying to also maybe, for someone who hasn't listened to the show, give them a, a blurb or something that maybe yeah. they want to listen to the show as opposed to um, making fun of their posts on it. So anyway, you know, just something like that, maybe a little bit of advertisement. So we're going to let the contest go one more week. Um, basically, you know, good first try. Um, do better. Okay, so keep going at it. Yeah, basically. We're going to pin it up there, um, let it go one more week. Sounds good. Isn't this where you do contact info? I did. I said go to Hall of Dogma. Well, Chase said go to Hall of Dogma.com. Oh, yeah. I said it was a Facebook group. What um, about all the other contact info we normally do? I don't know what you No,
2: nah, we were, u- we're usually deep into content by this yeah, time yeah. in the show.
1: Daily. We don't waste time with criminal no, stuff like contact info. No, Let me tell you something. It's not going to happen. Okay. You, you guys,
0: you guys, I think you have the you guys, first story. You guys bow down to the audience way too quick. David McConnell, I, I bow down to no entity.
1: I, I, on the, other, on, I on the other Wait, hand, I, on the other there's hand, there's one you may want to consider. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> like, hey, that's not on my t shirt. Look, I, I'll bow. Look, I'm just saying,
0: I, I think y'all, mutual you,
2: submission, Ephesians to, 5, it, that's the people, Samuel, to, people
0: fuss about the show and the contact info, and you guys just want to change everything up.
2: We are a show, as I've said many times before, The Gospel Friends is for the people and by the, the people. We're listening to the advice
1: of your two man crushes. I don't understand what don't the problem is. I man crushes. Look, Emmanuel is,
0: Emmanuel is just ornery and looking for things to uh, complain about. What would you, so what say, would you about like say about with Joshua? Joshua? Who? <laughs> oh, man, that was harsh. You know what I would say? Here's how I would do the contact info. If you don't want to hear the contact info, we don't even want to hear from you. Do not leave us a voicemail at 205-575-9735. And don't you dare, if you're an international listener, go to speakpipe.com forward slash the gospel friends Good job. and send us anything.
1: David's oppositional defiance disorder yeah. just
2: kicked in in a major way. Well, look, I know why I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood because my plan to go to WrestleMania this evening Oh my gosh. and make it kind of look like I was doing some meeting sort of work by not saying anything and just getting home after wrestlemania has been somehow dashed to pieces so i know why i'm in a
0: bad mood why are you in a bad mood David? i'm in a bad mood because you're in a bad mood it's it's a reciprocal I think it's, you were it's in a, a bad big, the one it's who a was big being circle first no no, no. say thank you nick here's the thing we're i, have, shame, I do have his brother. back on this one. we have a once a year <laughs> wrestlemania date like okay, so not, if you not, call it that,
2: not all of a sudden I not have ro- other plans. Not we have a date
1: to go watch we have Men a date. in Their Drawers. We- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a little okay, So every going year to watch Men in Tights with other men. Every this is year not good at not Buffalo good Wild Wings.
0: We go and watch WrestleMania 31. By we, I mean me and Nick. Every and,
1: year we watch WrestleMania 31. Uh, we, we watch weird. WrestleMania. Does the doctor take us back? To <laughs> you? Okay, we watch WrestleMania. Samuel, Samuel, Help us, Samuel. Um, Level, not nuts. Yeah. So we we go and we meet. You know, Josh.
0: Yep. And watch Man Crush number three, and we watch WrestleMania. Okay. Together. Yep. And uh, and so we have this whole you know thing set up, and then and, and so today was the day for that to happen. We we're going to get here at a certain time, get everything done, and then you know Gospel Friends time kicked in, and um, you know so now we're, now say we're running late.
2: Yeah, we started recording today earlier than average. I would say
0: I will agree with that as well. Well, we did earlier than average, but we actually had like a you know plans today. I understand.
1: We have a plan every week. Oh, oh I, have,
2: I know what I to don't. do about this. I know what to do about okay. this. Let's get to our content, and then I bet I we so. can That'll make That WrestleMania.
0: Well, actually, this well, first two of us can this first story actually <laughs> I don't know what would do. help make me feel better because it's all about how you can. Um, uh, bury your loved ones in burial pods and turn them into trees rather than coffins. And considering the fact that, you know, I've been thinking all afternoon about, you know, taking taking you guys out and burying you somewhere. Are you challenging a, uh, us to wow. a
2: coffin match? Because I am <laughs> no. so up for a coffin match, whatever so, that is. I, I
0: think someone posted this in the uh, HOD, in the Hall of Dogma. But, uh, you know, we... Um, uh, this is a story about uh, people who are choosing now to, rather than bury their loved ones in a coffin, they will actually put them in organic burial pods. Um, so a, a person who has uh, passed away uh, will be, can be placed into the fetal position in a um, biodegradable pod. They go in the ground, and then directly above the pod, right above the pod, they, a tree is planted. And the tree, in theory, what will happen is that the tree's roots will go down into the pod. The person will biodegrade and feed nutrient-wise the tree, and the tree will, will live and, and, and bloom. And so, and, and so rather than go to cemeteries, you will actually go to small plots of land where there are trees, and you will know that's your loved one feeding the tree. Based out of uh, Italy, by mm. the way. Dateline Italy. It you know was, how I uh, know
2: you're in a bad mood? Capsula Mundi. Pick stories like this for our funny opening about people decomposing and turning into trees. That's not funny. Oh, no, it was, That's depressing. it was funny
0: in my head, picturing putting you two guys in pods and planting trees above you. You know what I would You That's know what, I would, you know what I would? plant? I would plant oaks. Let me guess where oak trees, you put them. Yeah. And, then, and then I would roll them with toilet paper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> on your
0: birthdays to celebrate you. Yes. Are
2: you going to give the Auburn background to this for show. people who
0: aren't? That's an Auburn gym. Look,
2: one yeah. Alabama fan did one horrific act. That doesn't mean we all
0: would do that. That was awful. Death puzzles, touches, and disturbs us all while presenting a realm of unanswered questions. One thing we do know for sure is that not one of us will escape death. Um, and so you might as well know how you want to be buried. No matter what your faith or if you believe in an afterlife, these organic burial pods turn loved ones into trees, making the idea of death a little more comforting. So would it comfort you guys to know that, that um, you were made into a tree? Here's what it looks like, by the way. Here's the picture, Chase. I know you're texting right now. There's a little little pod. person goes inside there in the in the fetal position. tree goes That's on top of the pod. I kind didn't of oh, realize your computer had weird. an HDMI
1: port. And then you... Uh, that's gross. And then yeah.
0: it turns you into a
1: tree. That's gross.
0: What if the tree what 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 if the tree uh bore fruit? Would you guys eat the fruit off a tree that you're
2: dead man's fruit? Yeah, I, dead I don't know fruit? that I
0: would. That's kind of
2: gross. This whole thing is kind of just What's the word I'm looking for? I think
0: the word I'm looking for is morbid. Instead of visiting a cemetery full of headstones, mourners would visit a sacred forest full of beautiful trees. Well, now, okay, hang on. That's actually kind of cool. Loved Uh, ones would care for the tree, seeking comfort beneath its shade. You know what? I'm going to flip my opinion just a little bit. Which is far more you can expect from a tombstone. Yeah, According it's still a little creepy, but to the it's not Italian like a,
2: It's not like a graveyard. Is isn't a little creepy already?
0: What if someone come down, came in, and needing firewood and cut your loved one's tree down?
2: Oh, that would be a problem. And burned it. That would be aggra- aggravating. But I mean, just straight up, does anybody super care what they do with your body after you're gone? I mean, <laughs> you're going to be dead. Who who cares? Like Jesus is going to come back and make everything right. But uh, in the meantime, dead, rotting, chase body, wherever he is, (laughs)
1: making a tree or whatever, uh, we're not going to care what's going on, right? So, okay, so when Jesus comes back, will you have to be pruned? Like, I mean, how does does that work? work? That's a good question. That is a good question. Hey, somebody's phone's ringing.
2: Hey, Nick, you want to get your phone?
1: Well, so, funny story, my phone is on silent. It's not on silent right now. I can hear it. Well, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. It's the computer. Good old oh. handoff with oh. Mac oh. OS ten.
2: How you do that? Look, this is All why right. we're not number one
1: on iTunes. Because what's really like sad is I really needed to take that call because that's going to really help me on vacation next week.
0: Let's just skip. Oh. Let's just skip the tree story you because you pause guys and call him back. I'm not sure that you guys. Um, not if I want to walk out of here. David looks like he would murder me. I'm not sure you guys are David. really uh, into the tree story, and I'm not so comfortable with the
1: biopod thing.
0: Let's. Let's try a different route. Let's do a game. Okay, that sounds good. It's
1: time to play the game. Whoa. Hey. That wasn't nearly as menacing as it should have been. Yeah, I know. It it wasn't said by the menacing guy. It was said
2: by (laughs) David. Dude,
0: it's time to play the game. That was better. That was a little better. All right. Play the music. It's playing already. This is one of those things I finished finishing. Oh, okay. I thought we didn't realize but I just couldn't hear it I actually have the game this week. Right. Um, for you guys. And so this is going to be a, a shout out game. I have eight questions. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read the questions. You guys are just going to shout out the answer. If you get the answer with no hints needed, it's two points. If you get uh, if, if you have to actually have a hint then it's only gonna be one point. And in honor of the big day today that you guys are making fun of and trying to ruin. um, I'm trying to go. Trying
1: to ruin. While preserving my marriage. Um, Two noble goals. Look, it's once a year. Yeah, and you've got to remember, the way she found out was my wife was was telling her. Now, my my suggestion is just maybe plan. I don't know. That's a good thing. Here's my thing. Allison knows every year. This is what we do,
0: Wrestlemania. So anyway, in honor of this event that uh, we, are, we are trying to get to. Um, Probably helps that I'm leaving for a week, too. So. We actually have Wrestlemania trivia oh for my. you guys. Great. And so we're going to see how well. Oh, ooh, please ask about how last well, year's. Uh, so we're going to see how well you, you know. Eight questions. I'm going to throw the question out there. Give me an answer. How do you
1: do a Wrestlemania quiz and only have eight questions? Well, I stopped myself. Most of these were probably Mm. from memory. Oh, my
0: gosh. So we'll make it kind of quick, but here we go. Can I
1: phone a friend to Brandon Miller?
0: Uh, No, no phone a friend. All right, here we go. Um, Number one, the inaugural main event for WrestleMania, very first WrestleMania ever, 30 years ago. The main event for WrestleMania one was a tag team match. Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff teamed up against Hulk Hogan and his celebrity tag team partner.
2: Ooh, let's see. Hulk You're Cullen, old enough to remember and, this, Chase. Uh, oh my goodness! Can we Google?
0: No, you Just cannot. Kidding.
2: I'm buying time. Uh, gosh, I can almost picture it.
1: Mr. T.
0: Mr. T is correct. Nice. Two points for
1: Nick. Nick. Two. Chase. Zero. zero. Yes. Here we go. I honestly had to think about it. I'm going celebrity. Celebrity. But I he actually
0: wrestled the T1 yeah, yeah, he wrestled some later on as well. Okay, so fact. that's why. I didn't yeah. think he was the first one. Okay, that's my experience. Well, excuse. see, I so thought of, I bet the
1: A team was prior to the end, so that's what had me thinking. All right,
0: number two, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19 featured a clash between two former amateur wrestling champions. Two guys who were amateur wrestling champions in college, very well known. Who are those two wrestlers?
2: Mm.
1: What what WrestleMania is this? This, uh, year? Not, uh, this is thirty one.
0: Was one of them Kurt Angle? One of them was Kurt Angle. So that's, uh, that's that's a point for Nick. But you gotta get the other other guy. Be another point. Uh, I can't remember. The who else other was, amateur um, wrestler.
2: Well, this is this is the part of the show where my brain has obviously melted out because I know exactly who it is but his name is not coming to mind which is extremely
0: frustrating he is uh, wrestling tonight at WrestleMania I know at 31. And,
2: and I even know the name of his special move but I'm not going to shout it out because Nick will say it um shoot what is his name I know wrestling is it Cena no okay. no it's not John Cena he wasn't an amateur that's wrestler. what I didn't
1: think so but I couldn't remember um which, how far they developed his character is pretty impressive, by the way. Mm. From a Marky Mark ripoff to... It's the sorry. guy that hits the F5. Yes, it's
0: Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Oh, my gosh. Really? How yeah. embarrassing. They wrestled. They were both... Yeah, Brock Lesnar was an amateur I wrestler. I didn't realize that. Okay. I apologize, listeners. We know Number more three, about wrestling than... Sean Michaels defeated this legend at WrestleMania 24, sending him into retirement. Ric Flair. Ric Flair is mm, correct. All right. That was quick, dude two well, points look, maybe my brain is waking up two points for Chase three points for Nick number four Wrestlemania 5 the mega powers exploded for the world championship who were the mega
1: powers oh gosh um uh uh if this is 33 Earthquake. Eight 28 years ago <laughs> no, <laughs> I was five earthquake. I was five
0: <laughs> tugboats <laughs> okay they were the natural disasters oh dang okay oh my gosh Nick um <laughs>
2: The The Mega mega Powers, Uh, uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man
0: Savage. That is correct. Okay, (laughs) that That is correct. I never heard of them. You've never heard of
1: not referenced as that. Yeah, they had a tag team.
0: Okay, Chase four points, Nick three points, with four questions remaining. WrestleMania X Seven featured an infamous tables, ladders, and Hardy chairs boys. match between the Hardy Boys Agent Christian. and And more. the Dudley Bo- bro- Boys. <laughs> okay, well, y'all both got the two. Dang Edge uh, and Christian, the Dudley Boys uh, were the other two, um, and those
1: were some epic battles. So how do you divide the points on that? Because uh, they were, one split each. them. Was it a three-way match? Yeah, it was a three-way match, yes. So mm. Chase 5, Nick 4. I got more of that right than he did. I'm just saying.
0: Yes, well, unfortunately, the Hardy Boys was the one that I was going to give you guys, so... The main oh. event. You can't say tables,
1: letters, and chairs, and no. especially and with the it being Boys. in the teens of WrestleMania, and it not involved the Hardy Boys. But Me, those guys were amazing. Nick and I have still, dude, their they're heyday. Have
2: they been back? Aren't they? Back they're now? not as amazing these days. They're old like us.
0: Well, Nick not. and I have on several occasions um, looked at each other and, and thought, okay, get the tables. Devon. Yeah. yeah. Number six, the main event of WrestleMania three, probably the most famous. WrestleMania match of all time. Ninety-three thousand people in the Pontiac Silverdome featured Hulk Hogan, and, Hogan Andre. and Andre the Giant. I think Nick. Um, well, I could have yelled it out way earlier, Dag. I it. I was waiting for you to finish. So uh, nice battle, Nick Six Chase Five with two questions left. This wrestler holding in with questions this old. Here we go. Okay. This wrestlers. WrestleMania Streak came to Undertaker. an Undertaker last year. <laughs> In your at the face, ends that's how you do of it. Of Brock Lesnar, and it was the Undertaker Chase seven, Nick six with one to go. Hulk tonight, Hogan, tonight, Should he have lost or not? tonight. at no. Tonight at WrestleMania thirty one, one of Sting. the All time greats returns to the ring at WrestleMania. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) cheaters win. (laughs) (laughs) Devon, Chase nine, Nick six. My anger, by the way, my anger is increasing. I just got a text from Josh. Was he bailing? That he had, he got a free night at the beach, and they they're at the beach. Holy moly! I'm not worried about being there on time. They're at the
2: beach already. Yeah. Hey, wait. That's my bag that you threw
0: against is the wall. Is this hand grenade real? I don't know. It kind of looks real. There's a hand grenade. By the grenade. way, we never mentioned that. There's a hand grenade on the table that says, to Nick with love, on a paper plate. And the pin is in it. And the pin is in it. And <laughs> it's a real grenade. So it's not the elephant in the room. It's the hand grenade in the room. Right now, I want to tweet this out. Right now, I want to pull that hand grenade and throw it at something. I don't ask for much in life. I ask for I ask for a group of guys to meet with me at Buffalo Wild Wings once a year for WrestleMania. That's what. That's I what. Have
2: I pulled the pin on the hand grenade and handed it to David.
0: That's what who I. was inspecting it closely? That's what I want to happen. Is it? This is it could too be much, the end of the gospel. Friends. Is it too much in life to ask for that? How long apparently does it, take it a is. Grenade
2: to go off. Maybe I should have checked that. Well, this ain't gonna do me good. Authority. I want to throw it at Josh right now. You'd probably kill him. By the way, that's a different Josh than the Josh that's in the Hall of Dogma, right?
0: I'm done. I'm angry. <laughs> Y'all move on to something else. I'm going to seethe out of anger. Aren't we talking about purgatory next?
2: <laughs> is, is that is that the schedule? Okay.
0: I mean, how hard is it? David. You, once a year, you show up. David. <laughs> Everybody shows up on time and watches
1: WrestleMania. <clears throat> hey, David. Hey. You mean to tell me if you got a free night at the beach with your wife? It happened to be WrestleMania night that you would say no. I'll be down there after
0: it's over. I'm just a little you probably surprised. Have reason
1: to drive down there. That <laughs>
2: none of y'all are particularly concerned about this grenade that we pulled the pin on. Where'd it come from? <laughs> I don't know. It was it was left in here this morning. I took a picture of it, and it had Nick's name on it. So,
1: do you know where it came from? It was for me to use in a moment of great need. Well, now I'm holding it. So. You're also holding without a pin in it, so let me know how that goes for you. Well, you'll find out pretty soon, I imagine. Okay, guys. So, so, do I need to text your friend and tell him the state you're in? And no, y'all
2: focus. Okay. If we're going to watch WrestleMania tonight, somehow, some way, we've got to get to Jared Buckley, who's guest star I'm on the then. show. We've got to do our, our main <sighs> stories. We've got to get to Mark Adams' uh, voicemail, talk about cereal. We've got a lot to do today. Oh, so, wait.
0: Two quick shout-outs. Yep. One to Michael Woodard. Yes, we're shouting him out because you told him we shouted him out last episode. I said I thought we. He did. listened for the entire episode and he wasn't on it. I thought you shouted him out
2: the last episode.
0: Well, i shouting Nick him out now.
2: Edited it out with extreme prejudice. What? No, I no, think no, no, that's no. probably what happened.
0: Michael, no. I apologize for Chase and his false advertisement. At the very in the very beginning of the Gospel Friends, uh, Chase had an idea that we would pre- uh, we would tell people we had shouted them out on the show, and that would cause them to listen to it when, in actuality, we had not shouted them out, but it would just be a way to trick people into listening. That is a lie. And you, I thought it was a really... You can't lie
2: to an attorney, I, I thought and was, Michael is an attorney. I thought it
0: was a really... <laughs> it's against the law. I thought it was a really bad attorneys. idea, but apparently Chase is still trying to enact that, uh, that, that rule. So I don't think that's a good idea, Chase. We shouldn't do that. Shout out to Michael. Your lies will find you out. Who almost became the first person ever to visit the Hall of Dogma before Brad. But what happened was he didn't come.
2: He didn't. We also need to shout out uh, to Gene Goswer, uh, who has the difficult name to pronounce, um, but a really cool guy that we deeply love and care for, who interacts with us on uh, – Hall of, the Hall of Dogma, and the Twitter, twitter.com Gauser, slash mygospelfriends.
0: G-O-W-S-E-R. is yeah. how we say that, right? I Gauser. think it's Goswer. Goswer. Yeah. Gowser.
2: Shout out also to Hall of Dogma member Kevin Sanders, who actually showed up today unannounced and left, sadly, without an autographed box of cereal. I well, think we, we, didn't we know totally he c-
0: failed him. We didn't know he was coming, so we couldn't we actually didn't. give him a box of cereal. Kevin,
2: we apologize for our exceeding uh, rudeness there.
0: also have a shout-out, uh, big shout-out this week to Jeremiah Martin. Shout-out to Jeremiah for being the brother of Nathan Martin.
2: Yes. Hey. Shout-out to Nathan Martin who has just, as of about 30 minutes ago, sent me $22 via PayPal after I refunded his $21 from last week. I gave him uh, a dollar interest for holding on to his money for a week, and now he sent me back an extra dollar and quite frankly, I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point.
0: You, you realize this he is, is sending you money, so you would for for to pay for a live link to the show to watch. Well, Nick's the one that says we can't do that.
2: Nick, why can't we do he a, a paying, live video show? He wasn't of the show. paying
0: for shout outs. He was paying to get video of the show. That's yeah, what he's trying to do. And when I put my for. email address in there, I was just kind of kidding.
1: I think it was pretty clear if you saw Brad Melton's um, look at the Hall of Dogma why we don't do a video show quite yet. Uh, Chase, has far do not, too many have... in here that we need to. <laughs> I, I don't think you can say that.
0: <laughs> well, according to, according to Brad Melton's photo. Um, that Those is are Carrie exactly, Duckett's tapes. We have a used tape. According of all the dog in Hebrews, several years. I think it's cute that you think out, the audio-only
1: audience is going to think it's audio cassettes. Okay. Oh, uh, yes. uh,
0: they're audio cassettes.
1: The, for the record, the, yeah. how is that better? You guys do not have
0: faces for video. That's the problem.
2: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Do I you need a
2: Three times handsomest gospel friend.
0: Okay. Anyway. I think, I, think we're done Catholic, I think the Catholic
2: story is going pretty good yeah, so Yeah, go to the far. Catholics. What? We well, don't have yeah. time.
0: Go to the Catholics. So
2: we're, we're almost out of time. So um, <laughs> here's, here's, this,
0: here's the main it story. It doesn't matter now,
1: Josh, and you aren't coming.
0: <laughs> well, the, the big problem, the really big problem about Josh not coming is none of us can get to anywhere on time. And so we're probably not even going to get a table tonight because Josh isn't going to be there to get the table.
1: Okay. Devon can get it.
2: Boom. Boom. That was a good wrestling joke for all of our wrestling you know, listeners. So us. Yeah, about four or five of us. Okay, so front page article this week on CNN really hey, struck so me.
1: Beauty and the Beast's Facebook page, there is a which royal couple and are you and your significant other? So there's that. You guys need Ritalin. I mean, good grief. We've tried to start, start Dude, the serious story for a long start time. Talk about the Catholics. I am trying. I've tried like four
2: times. Gracious. Go. Okay. Catholics. I'm, I'm going to mute y'all. Oh, wait. I'm not in charge of them. No, channel. you're not. I'll you can't here. do that. I should be.
0: No, that's no, Now I'm it's muted.
2: Oh, you can mute David. Good job. Okay. Now you be quiet for a minute. I'm going to introduce everybody a serious story. So this week, on the front page of CNN, as in the lead story on CNN Mobile, and I think it was the lead story on the regular CNN.com as well, was a story about a family, a young Catholic family, that has fallen away from the faith and are now atheists. It's the, it's the friendly atheists next door is the, is the title of the story. I read it thinking, you know, I wonder what made them fall Fall away from the faith, and as I read it, it struck me that the, and the, the gentleman's name, his 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 name is Harry, and his family seemed like nice people, that sort of thing, raised in the Catholic Church. The more I read about the Shaughnessy family, the more I realized this experience of Catholicism for them is so foreign to what I perceive to be. Biblical Christianity. You know, Harry was bringing up points like he, he struggled with uh, various, um, various rites and rituals in the Catholic Church. He struggled with the Church's teaching on uh, birth control, which, of course, you know, is, is a difficult thing to find in the Bible. Um, he he would he would every week at mass right after confession. It's it said Harry would pray and he would ask for God's blessing and he would ask for God's to bless the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was his team. But he never heard from Go Steelers. God. So uh, you know, just reading through, I realized, man, this is this is a this is stranger than I expected. And I'll just go ahead and admit, I've been to a Catholic church before. My aunt was Catholic. I've scholastically studied Catholic theology. I've, I even really particularly enjoy some Catholic writers like Henry J.M. Nowen, uh, John of the Cross, some of the mystics. But it just seems like the modern experience of Catholicism is so far removed ...from biblical Christianity. And it really struck me. A couple other stories came up, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going I'm to kind of throw this to you guys. Is, is My question is going to be, and this can be a good discussion in the Hall of Dogma as well, my question is going to be, is a Catholic, in any sort of meaningful way, uh, is Catholicism biblical Christianity, or is it so far away from that that it's a different animal entirely. Second thing I saw this week, and I'm almost done to give you guys a chance to talk, was uh, an article that was posted on March uh, 22nd to Huffington Post, the religion section. Pope Francis has been credited with performing a miracle, or as it turns out, a half a miracle, um, as St. Gennaro's blood liquefies. And essentially what happened is Pope Pope uh, Francis went to the church in Naples where they have a relic that contains the dried blood of Saint Gennaro, who died hundreds of years ago. He held the relic, uh, talked while holding it, and then they said that uh, even though the saint's blood is usually dry inside of its sealed glass ampoule, after the pope kissed the relic – it began to turn to liquid. Now, it didn't turn all the way to liquid, so they credited him with half a miracle. <laughs> and this was St. This was Francis's quote on that. He said, if only half of it liquefied, that, and this is, this is uh, – did I say saint? I meant Pope Francis. Forgive me. He said, if only half of it liquefied, that means we still have work to do. We have to do better. We have only half of the saint's love. And I read that, and I think, well, he's not joking. He's serious. I, I just – that boggles my mind how far away from any sort of conception of biblical Christianity that is. And, and, and the article goes on to mention that at St. Gennaro's uh, sanctuary there in Naples, they believe his blood liquefies three times a year if they pray enough. On the saints' feast day, September 19th, uh, which is my wife's birthday, on the Saturday before the first Sunday of May. And that's true, the Saturday before the first Sunday of May and on December 16th. Like one of our day,
0: old uh, small group calendars.
2: It does indeed. Very complicated. <laughs> all right, so I'll throw it out to you guys. I, I know I'm picking some of the fringe. Well, it's not fringe because the Pope's obviously <laughs> all up in this these beliefs. But is Catholicism in a meaningful way biblical Christianity?
1: Well, I guess what's throwing me off is if it liquefies on its own already. Why were we? Su- why is he getting credited with a miracle? Uh, well, <laughs> if, it wouldn't it just be like pre liquification Supposedly. <laughs> wow, well, we have to be careful here because we could really <laughs> offend a lot of people, and I'm
0: sure we're on the way. Oh, look, and let me just say right now, I am in. I, I am in. I don't care mode.
2: Just so y'all know, guns blazing. Yeah, this may go. We might get a real grenade in
0: here next hey, time. Hey, what are you doing? With my phone. I don't want you to do something you're going to regret, texting your friend. Oh, no, I was texting Jared. Oh, okay. That's different. In Utah. I was telling him that we were going to be a few more minutes. Uh, <clears throat> all right. I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Uh, you were making fun of uh, blood or something. <laughs> By the way,
2: uh, St. Gennaro died 305 A.D., which honestly makes me quite skeptical if they really have his blood. It's very unlikely to me, number one. Number two.
1: You know, it's one of those things that wow. it, when you talk about the Catholic Church, I'm hesitant. I I know so many people who who claim the Catholic faith that their focus is on Christ that um that it seems like their focus is Christ and their patterns, their rituals, if you will, are just different versions of our rituals. But they, they focus on, on Christ. And so, I'm as I've mentioned on the show before, I'm hesitant to not call those individuals Christians. Um, <clears throat> am I concerned about some things? Yes, but I'm hesitant to, to say they are not believers. The Catholic Church is a different story. Um, and there's just so many things um, about that that just give me the... Almost give you the heebie-jeebies, but it may be one too many Dan Brown novels too. So you know, it's a Uh, little bit of a uh,
0: yeah. Let me ask this: Do um, what if a Catholic chase asked for a plane or money
1: for a plane? Not right now. What would you? We had a we had a nice voicemail. (laughs) It would depend.
2: uh, It would depend on the amount of the plane. Hey, where did the uh, grenade go? (laughs) Of course, it would.
0: The I'm, I'm. I can have see the grenade for a no, second. I want to no. take a picture of it. Nope. All right, look. Here's you can the, see it later. Here's the, Not now. Here's the thing. I um. I actually like Nick's uh, what what he just said. Wait, wait I, um, can I Repeat that one more time. I like Nick. What what Nick just said. Sweet. I um. It's uh, we were. I think I've said this before. We were in the Episcopalian church for for a while. That is kind of a offshoot of the Catholics. Yeah. And one of the, the things about at least the the Episcopalian faith, there, were, there was much of that denomination that I enjoyed. But some of the things that I found a little difficult was how um, it, at times, it didn't stress the personal relationship with Christ. Like the, it, the, the teaching, and, and I think this from the outside looking in, in, in terms of Catholicism, it seems the teaching is – the church belongs to Jesus, you belong to the church, or if you come to belong to the church, then you belong to Jesus. And it, there's really that lack of what I would say is that personal call to Christ, that that that's what is a little scary to me. I, I'm like Nick in that I I think you can be Catholic and, and truly be redeemed. I think you can be Church of God or Baptist or Presbyterian or... You know what? What have you? Um, and and truly be redeemed. And then I think there are false converts or false Christians um, in every denomination and, and religion as well. Um, there there certainly seems to be a a high concentration of kind of extra biblical activities and uh, religious um, traditions within the Catholic Church. But I, I you know at the same time. I don't know that that's not present in other, you know, more Protestant -hmm. Protestant denominations as well. So um, I'll put it this way. I would be concerned if I had a family member who was a a, a staunch Catholic and simply followed Catholic religious protocol, you know, I think I would be concerned there. Uh, What I want to, you know, that personal relationship with Christ is, is, is obviously what matters and I think what should be stressed.
2: I agree with that. You know, one thing James McSorley posted in the Hall of Dogma, hallofdogma.com is uh, and James is a, is from Ireland uh, where there's actually obviously quite a bit of tension between Protestants and Catholics and he posted a link to a story from I think it's from 2013 that Pope Francis offered indulgences for those who would either watch Catholic Youth Day online Or and it's a little bit unclear, but either tweet about it or follow the Catholic World Day um, Twitter account. (laughs) And it's and the article kind of defends it and says this is not unusual for one of the popes to do. For instance, Pope in two thousand one. Pope John Paul II granted granted indulgences to Catholics who walked through the bronze door of St. Peter's Basilica. And I let's be honest with you. I thought the whole talk of indulgences in the Catholic Church had uh, you know, settled back. Se- down. Settled down just down. a little bit since the Tetzel and Martin Luther days. But so so I went on the, the Catholic website, Catholic dot com, where they have um
0: there's a, wait, there's a catholic.com? Yeah, there's a catholic.com. That it's, okay. it's, a,
2: it's a defense of Catholicism. Okay. Uh, the whole purpose of it is to explain and defend the faith. And in that, they talk about indulgences and say, here, here's seven myths about indulgences. Indulgence, a person cannot buy their way out of hell with indulgences. A person cannot buy indulgences for future sins. A person cannot buy forgiveness with indulgences. But bottom line, when you read a little bit about this – This is what an indulgence is, according to Catholic.com. It is a remission from the responsibility or from the punishment of sin while you're on earth. So you can do certain things in the Catholic Church, including go confess to a priest. Or tweeting out. Or walk through a door to get out of the payment for the punishment, essentially, for sins. Okay. That's just... Do you have a problem with that? I have a huge problem with that. <laughs> that's
0: just, again, that's uh, go. like... Another chase rant.
2: That's four <laughs> books removed from the Bible. That's past the Book of Mormon over to the Watchtower translation of the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's just way out there.
0: Dang. Why don't you just go after everybody?
2: I'm mad too now. Jehovah's Witnesses,
0: Mormons, Creflo, Catholics.
2: Hey, Nick, I think you'll appreciate this. When you're on Catholic.com it says this sentence to see the biblical foundations for indulgences see the catholic answers tract a primer on indulgences and you click it and it goes to a 404 page not found
1: page
0: <laughs> not of easy. course it you, does you should,
1: so here we I need you to the, press command shift 3 on that computer i now have a header image for so this here's show. the uh, here's the
0: biblical foundation for indulgences oh sorry page cannot be found that's that is funny
2: it it's that, true that is funny I, that actually would be good cover art. Good thinking, Nick.
0: Now I, I don't know. Every once in a while, though, again, let me say that I, I think <laughs> I, you know we have we like have issues eat. in the Protestant world as well sure. in terms of extra biblical activity. Oh, correct. What
2: issues? <laughs> that was my you know leading question. That
0: was your yeah. 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 Uh, Nick, uh, what kind of Protestant problems do we have?
2: Yeah, Chase. I was hoping Nick would have one.
0: We don't. lot <laughs> well, of okay, uh, these guys that right, want to about points? All right, so we have planes. silly. All right, so we have silly. Uh, <laughs> well, we know that we know that's against okay, the Bible. That's one of the. Well, that's one of the problems. I'll, I'll <laughs> give you that one. That's I heard uh, Creflo's. I, I actually heard Catholic Cref- Church would not have any trouble buying that plane. I actually heard Creflo's plane got destroyed by um, a, a grenade. Tr- a, no, a truth train up somewhere near Minnesota. The Truth Train. How, how's that working, Chase? Matt, it's,
2: it's coming along well. Okay. The, the Truth Train the is turned in into more of a of a a novel than say a where you compact that? sort of thing. I think I'm going to sort of <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put it in some sort of library somewhere where people <laughs> can come look at it.
0: All right. How about this? You could just uh, give uh, them a copy of, what of the,
2: the Bible. So let, let, let me throw oh, out. Oh snap! <laughs> yes, in the face. <laughs> Look, that's why you don't let Nick talk. This is very the much third, because he'll correct you
0: with the Bible. No, this is the third time this is just he corrected you last week with a, a slam, uh, and
2: I probably deserved it because uh, Nick is a wise, gentleman no, who values no, the no, word no, of no, God. No, 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 oh
0: Here we go. Goodness. This is the third week in a row we've talked about Creflo. Yep. And this is about the nineteenth different position Nick has taken. Well, on the issue. So free Nick. He, all right, here we go. So, right, stop how about, hating on Nick. How about in Baptist? I mean, how about in Baptist hating. churches? I, I know they do this in, in certain Baptist churches. Uh, maybe other Protestant churches where, like, only the preacher can administer baptism. Okay. Or in some Protestant churches, do communion or Lord's supper has well, some to that someone me, that's ordained.
1: Some of the stuff for me with Protestants is the discrepancy. Well, and I guess that's different than with Catholicism, the quirky things we do. But to Protestants, what other Protestants do sometimes is quirky. So baptism is a great example, whether you can baptize children or not, stuff like that. So that's more controversy than it is quirky, but Bab- to one another, we are quirky. Baptize children. You know, I noticed R.C. Sproul
2: uh, Jr. posted this week that he missed a big debate on baptizing uh, infants, because he was at the baptism of it was either his grandson or his son, so it was kind of a little humor, a little snark, a little uh, yeah. We ought to talk about child baptism, infant baptism at some point. That would be quite controversial,
0: it would. Uh, because, well, i do not if it's controversial, but this that's like the one thing that I just can't get on board with the Presbyterian zone or one of the few things. If yeah, such like, word people, and then. You know, it's they get there, and it's just like I, I don't understand what happened.
2: Look, I'm about to risk losing my Southern Baptist official card holder kind of privilege, but it's not hugely offensive to me. I've actually read some. I, I don't. I don't believe that infant baptism is 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 fully defendable biblically, but I've read some pretty good defenses to the point where I, I think you know I can kind of see that. Really. I, look, I know okay. yeah, that sounds crazy. It. Yeah, it so we'll, we'll have to. what we'll talk about it. Actually, it sound crazy to some people. But can I say the sounds, No, you'll throw it at me. You're not in a good mood. You're okay. not in a good place today, David. How about having to dress up to come to church? Okay, that's that's a good one.
0: Like, so that's uh Protestants. That's a you know you need to be in your quote unquote Sunday best. That's
2: right. By the way, very near the Hall of Dogma, one time I got in trouble as a preacher for not uh, wearing dress pants to church. Uh, Which all, is a true story? Didn't
0: all of us get in trouble that day?
2: Well, I mean, it was the the criticism was leveled at me, but oh. probably included several of us. What now? Well, it was back in the day.
0: Yeah, it was years ago. We got in trouble for not wearing clothes to an event. Yes, at church. Wait, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, now, now hold on, Juarez.
2: We were wearing clothes for the most part. Just when you're talking church. about a mandate, you and then you're cannot, talking about look, you just not cannot, wearing clothes to you
0: just <laughs> cannot come nude to church anymore without people getting
2: really upset. Uh, okay, find me the scripture on that. I mean, come on, people. Okay. David did it. Uh, no, he was dressed. David, I know. Oh, danced David naked, naked in the street uh, yeah. in no, front of. He the... had, he had a priestly ephod on, <laughs> which is my favorite clothes, I guess, actually. I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. Okay, so, so here we go. I've got to ask. Hold on. <laughs> I don't really have a priestly fight. It was a joke. Maybe about, not even a very appropriate one. How about Christmas? What about it? Oh, hey, <laughs> December 25th. Venerating December 25th.
0: Yeah, it's not That's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, of course, I guess Catholics do that too.
1: But. Why do you say that, Chase?
2: Hey, look, I will say this. There is one document from the 4th century that does seem to indicate that Jesus was born on December 25th. It's very early. I know that uh, most people think Jesus probably probably wasn't born on December 25th, and I think that's mostly logical because that's when the sheep are out there grazing, uh, and it's a little cold that time of year in Israel. At the same time, there is at least one ancient witness, 325, 350 A.D. or so, uh, to the uh that that suggests Jesus was born on december twenty fifth <laughs> All right,
0: but my point to all of that is we there are certain things that we do dogmatics that we have made rules yep in various denominations and so you know is your Sunday best being one of them the Sunday best being one of them the preacher needs to be the one to bab you know the only one that can baptize people just i mean they're they are Certain things that that we've done. I mean, and we could keep going. I mean, we've made, um, you know, I think I think quite honestly, some Protestant churches take, um, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a church membership guy, but take that too far, and certain things that people are allowed or not allowed to do in a church, you know, based on whether they're members or not. That's interesting. Where'd uh, you get that? I, I just I've I've heard it. You've heard it, I've heard, heard, it heard it around. Okay. Okay. So you know, I looking at the catholics and just going oh well, look this religion is so far removed from mainstream christianity none of these people could be true christians i think is is and that's not what you're saying but i don't i don't guess but uh, i mean no, that like, that's too far that that's too you know I, we have rules in the protestant world that are also way off the mark and so um i i, I think okay. you have to be careful there Labeling everybody who falls under a particular heading as, you know, and I, not I, true Christians. I would not do that. Quite frankly, I believe. I don't know. I think you might do that. Well, you, you, ornery look, sometimes, this, like this
2: and I am. I, but this is, I believe that it is possible to. It makes, why are you getting the grenade? It makes your hand smell funny, by the way. So well, that's why I said At it least now. your
0: hand is still on. I'm trying to put the pen back in it.
2: That's a good idea. Um, I believe it is possible for the there to be release? people in Mormon. Uh, I don't want to call them churches, but Mor- Mormon theory. conclaves who have looked to Jesus in faith despite the teachings of the Mormon church. And, I, I, you know, I think there are probably many more Catholics who are Christian. So you're saying there, there
0: are Mormons who are truly saved?
2: I believe there are people in the Mormon conclaves that have looked to Jesus in faith and have been saved by him despite the teachings of the church. Yeah, I think that – and that's actually a question we ought to ask Jared Buckley here in a few minutes, if he thinks that's possible. I would say the Catholic Church obscures the – I mean, I'm sorry, the Mormon Church greatly obscures the gospel. The Catholic Church significantly obscures the gospel. And and the Protestant Church has very often obscured the gospel, which is, I think, an exhortation to all of us to – not obscure the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: My leaning or a focus on him. My leaning is that you know, causing causing people you know saying people need to dress up to come to church. You know, I'm not sure is as far. I'm not sure that obscures the gospel as much as you must. You know, confession must be done to a priest for abs- You know, the absolving of your sins or. Yeah, um, which I, that's or, actually um, – Protestants don't confess a lot. They I don't. I think in
2: reaction. We're supposed to confess, but not to a priest. Confess your sins one to another so that you can pray for each other so that you may be healed.
0: Technically, you are supposed to confess to a priest because we're all Oh, priests. man. You just
2: boom, got boom, ran boom. over me with the truth train.
0: Boom. Trade.
2: I, I surrender. You got me there.
0: Ten push-ups. You surrender all?
2: No, just a little. Oh. Ten push-ups. You nah. all to Jesus. Jesus. I will do that, but not to go. David.
0: So, uh, I, okay, we need to – I, I want to have the discussion about uh, infant baptism and um, – Next week what on could the Gospel possibly Friends. possibly go wrong? We or
2: one week sometime
0: in the near future, knowing us. We're about to have a guest in the Hall of Dogma. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to him – don't we have a couple of voicemails that we got this week oh yeah we got one from uh
2: our good friend mark adams uh his, the his Irishness which uh wow I, I love I love his accent I love any Irish accent so
1: let's listen now we're making a list of chases man crushes listen in to uh anyone with a an good accent. old mark
2: uh programming note Nick should I hit play here yes sure okay
0: here we go Fascinating, Chase. You actually need to hit play.
2: I did, um, but the sound on Nick's laptop is turned down. Hang on a second.
0: Why it can why can nothing work today? I, uh, just
2: why. Hey, WrestleMania got canceled. <laughs> Somebody pulled a growing.
1: <laughs> they pulled a growing. Yeah, a bu- uh, like kind of an are you kind s- of an epidemic of. Are you growing. still
0: going to WrestleMania with me?
1: <laughs> See, there was something I needed to talk to you about. <laughs>
2: By the way, Wild Wings is shut down, too. Oh, my gosh. David literally just threw a chair. Or well, Really, it's more of a stool type thing.
1: We've already talked about this. I'm back.
2: I don't think you should watch wrestling. You're already violent either. enough today.
1: We've already talked about this. I'm having car trouble and you're taking me to the mechanic and after that happens I fear I'm for at your, your soul. mercy. So you know we've a choice. We're
0: gonna go to Buffalo Wild Wings okay. and we're gonna watch WrestleMania. And we are gonna drink copious amounts of Not tea. Copious. diet Okay. <laughs> diet lemonade.
2: What's wrong with you? Quit <laughs> sinning. How did you get to how did you start off about to say beer and got to diet lemonade? <laughs> well, I mean you're throwing things around, you're You're cursing when we're not recording.
0: (laughs) I don't ask for a lot out of life.
2: I I love how you snuck that one in there, by the way. I just made that up. I'm just
0: kidding. I want to go and watch WrestleMania. We're going to watch WrestleMania, David. You know what? I apologize. It's going to be off when we
2: get there. On behalf of uh, us three arrogant Americans, Mark, for talking over your excellent voicemail. Well,
0: you were supposed to press play like 10 minutes ago. I
2: did. The volume was down, and here it goes again. Now, be All quiet, right, Mark. Be throwing things around. Bring something. Hi, guys.
3: Well, friends, it's Mark here from Northern Ireland. I spoke to you a few weeks ago. Just giving you a bit of feedback, a bit of encouragement, hopefully. As for the dog story, brilliant. Keep it up. I want to hear again and again and again. We'd never get tired of it. Seriously note, it was a couple of weeks ago that you had talked about Dollar and his plane and that type of thing, and he's gone to, uh, well, basically an argument. But it was lovely to see an example of Christian men with a different opinion respecting each other. And that's something that I have to learn and something that you are now teaching me. So thank you very much for that. I'm the type that either sits in the corner and stays quiet and listens to everyone or I say something stupid and get all huffy-headed about the whole thing.
2: I'm going to pause it right there for a minute, <laughs> and just say, Mark, if you would have seen the last few minutes of David going crazy,
0: I don't know if you would have said "lovely" or not. But uh, it's not a difference you, of opinion. You know what? I. You know what? You know y'all what? all are I, killing me. You know what? Irishmen respect. God bless. You know what, Irishmen? The Bible. I know. Well, we do. We we Irishmen respect the Bible. We, you are. A, we Irishmen also respect, you know, like commitments to yearly gatherings. All right, Chase. Go ahead and hit play again. The St. Patrick's play, Day. Yeah.
3: We're so look. That that's how we do that every year. Yep. We do that. But thank you very much for that. And more importantly, cereal. Yes, I'm a, I'm a six-day porridge man for health reasons. But one day a week, I sort of get a big bowl, putting crunching up cornflakes, Cocoa Pops, a whole lot of stuff. And I love that. But when we were in America a few years ago, and we discovered Fruit Loops, the kids hated them, but I had to eat the whole box. And I thought they were brilliant, lovely, and fruity. And can't get it over here, but I have to suffer for that. But really, Lucky Charms, Irish, marshmallows in it, you guys are weird, but thank you very much. I enjoy the crack, and God bless. Bye. Chase does enjoy the Epic. crack. <laughs> what? Hey, Nick,
2: you <laughs> <laughs> that
0: has to be an edit point. Didn't he say
2: that? <laughs> Didn't he say enjoy the crack? I think he meant like joking and stuff. Oh
0: well, no, that's what I meant, right?
2: I hope that's. Chase what he enjoys meant. the crack. <laughs> Stop saying that. Hey, by the way, programming note: uh, Mark Adams is from Northern Ireland not just yeah. Ireland, which, you know, there's there's a difference. My
0: family's uh, Southern Ireland.
2: Oh, I wish you hadn't Your said
0: that. Your family's Southern
1: Alabamian. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Speaking of um, Utah people. <laughs> I love, okay, he was just <laughs> trying, trying to claim to be Irish. To... Speaking of.
2: <laughs> I wanted to briefly defend Lucky Charms just oh, for man. a minute. Of course you did. I mean, obviously they're made by a leprechaun, and that's got to be very Irish. They have Lucky like lucky marshmallows in it which seems very Irish and they're delicious. I'm not sure why Mark doesn't like Lucky Charms, but every other part of his his voicemail I completely agreed with. Thank you, Mark. You're the man.
0: He probably likes um, you know like haggis cereal or something.
2: Or porridge as he said which is extremely healthy. Is haggis Irish that or maybe the way. Rewind. Did you say haggis cereal? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Is haggis Scottish or Irish?
1: So then we, we have one the more whole voicemail
2: nation. Of Northern Ireland, come just nuke us or whatever, or perhaps they'll hit us over the head with their bagpipes, huh, David? Because <laughs> they totally are into bagpipes, right? Yes, and kilts. Absolutely, everybody
1: knows the Northern
2: Irish love Absolutely. bagpipes, kilts, and haggis. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I know my people. Ignorant and American.
1: So, second voicemail, Jason. Oh, I don't
2: have it pulled up.
0: We I thought we were going to play that at We're going to play that at the end. Oh, my
2: bad. Hey, we have a Russian in the Hall of Dogma.
1: You know, we have a Russian to get in with the show. <laughs> hey, right
0: after, uh, right after this Gospel Friends episode, I'm going to do auditions for new co-host.
2: How about we just have a big battle royal before we get out of here and see what happens?
0: Oh, I'd like to put first one. i like both wins. of you. I'd like to put both of you through this table. Well, you'd like to curl you up in barrel pods. I'd just pods. like to see if you can plant trees on top of you. <laughs>
2: Gosh, that was harsh. Uh, as as Mark noted, we are definitely an example of how to disagree in Christian charity.
0: <laughs> we really are. We're awesome. We really are. All right, guys. Well, it is time now for the uh, Hall Monitor segment. And uh, we introduced the, uh, the new segment, uh, Hall Monitor, at the beginning of the year. And so essentially, we bring in uh, listeners, people who are... Um, either part of the Hall of Dogma or um out there in, in the in, in Twitter and, and interact with us. Yeah. And so um And today uh, we have Billy Graham,
2: right? So that's I'm excited about uh, yeah. Billy Graham.
0: Yeah Billy's doing some uh Mormon mission work out in Utah now yes. so it's uh and sounds a lot younger than um oh yeah than uh I would I would have thought I was shocked myself but I wasn't gonna mention it on air. Also Billy Graham is also known as Jared Buckley uh, oh, yeah. who is uh, <laughs> Billy Graham is next week. I apologize Jared <laughs> so uh, Jared Buckley is uh, a f- friend of the show, and um, you know we uh, i don 't actually remember uh, exactly when we first connected or how, but uh, I do know we had uh, Jared on uh, through a voicemail back in episode twelve, I believe uh, when uh, good old uh, Richard Dawkins came out with some um, rather interesting uh teachings about um special needs children and uh jared uh who has um uh, special needs daughter and, and has done some work uh actually a couple of websites one of them which is uh, specialfamiliescoach.com um he he did a podcast and a great rebuttal uh to uh, dawkins and then we uh, played a voicemail and talked about uh, jared's podcast a little bit and kept in touch with him and uh Excited to have him on. So, Jared, uh, appreciate you joining us today.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. Well,
0: uh, why don't you just start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and uh, you know what you're uh, doing out there in uh, Utah.
4: Yeah, well, uh, in 2007, I married my wife, which we had this great plan, and everything set out for us. And in 2008, we found out we were going to have our first child, and excited, Um, We were both in our careers, so it wasn't like we were waiting, you know, the five years, whatever. So we just went straight in it, had our uh, first child, but it wasn't as expected. So after we had found out we got pregnant, uh, Stephanie got a phone call and called me directly up right after that. And all my hopes and all my dreams and all my expectations that I had for my family and for my kids, especially my first boy that I really had dreamed about just came shattering away because she just called me up and said, "Um, they just called and said that we might have a Down syndrome child. Wow. And I remember specifically, I was a youth pastor at that time in Arizona, and I was sitting in my office or my cubicle. And when I heard those words come across, I didn't know what to do as a husband. And I didn't know what to do as a father. I mean, all this came crashing against the wall in a moment, mm. and how your whole world and all your expectations at that point crash, I can't begin to explain that. And what I've learned over the time, over the years, is there are so many people that have encountered those moments. It's, it's that Kairos that we would call it, and um, Kairos being that God's moment, or that timing um, and God just spoke through that, not in a way that I wanted him to speak, honestly, wow. um, but he spoke and, you know, over the next couple of months we found out the ultrasound was very interesting because that was when they were going to affirm up whether we would have a down syndrome child or not. Yeah. And we went into the ultrasound and my wife, who's a nurse, and I was an EMT for two years, and so we had some medical background. We're sitting there watching this ultrasound, and the technician just keeps the, the, whatever you call that thing, <laughs> the, the reading thing, on where the heart is. Yeah, and the heart just keeps on going. And at that moment, we knew something was wrong. And they came back said, um, "Well, yeah, your child will be born with Down syndrome, but we're only given." them a 60% chance to survive because there's a heart abnormality oh my gosh and in the way the genetic counselor the way he said it so flippantly Hmm. I literally want to jump across the table and just deck the dude (laughs) because I mean this is our child and you just say it like oh it's just a matter of fact and then he asks what do you want to do wait 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 what what do you what do you mean what do you, what do we want to do what what are you asking well what do you want to do with the pregnancy hmm. And here's a little known fact 92% of all possible down syndrome children are aborted Oh wow po- You said possible. possible possible Wow Just think about how that registers that means and only 5% of those readings are actually children with Down syndrome. Yeah. So you only have a 5% chance it actually is going to read correctly. And people are boarding babies left and right because of the possibility. Say that about society. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it's mind-blowing. So obviously God has taught us a ton through this experience. And I don't want to, I think I'm going too long on this. But, um, you know, God is taking us through a huge journey of faith um our daughter who was born with down syndrome had open heart surgery her name is faith spelled with a y and uh, she's a blonde haired blue eyed little girl um she's full of passion and uh, about 10 months later we end up moving up to utah because we thought a challenge of raising a child with down syndrome wasn't enough so we decided to plant a church in the Thickest of thick LDS lands in all of the world. Where we live, it's 85% to 90% LDS. Um, you guys every- love the challenge. We do. I guess so. I mean, Steph's an, an athlete. I was an athlete. Um, we are very competitive. Um, we try not to be in our marriage. But outside of that, we're very competitive. Um, and so we moved up here, uh, a church, and... The next three years, try to have a, another child, and Stephanie couldn't get pregnant. And so there was another challenge month after month, not being able to have a child. And finally, we got another one, and Stephen came. He was a normal child, which is cool. Um, and then we, 17 months later or 18 months later, had another child. But now we're two out of three, so Noah is our most recent baby. He's six months old, and at three months old, we went to doctor's, and they told us that he has two holes in his heart, and we're going to need another open-heart surgery. So we're two out of three with open-heart surgeries, and I you, guess You part- guys
0: didn't really think that, right? I mean, didn't you—I I think I was reading either you were telling me through email that, you know, you guys didn't actually believe— um, you know, you knew wasn't something when Noah was first born. You, you kind of noticed that something. Uh, you know, yes, but but you you didn't believe there was that it could happen again that you you'd have two right, children right. with you, heart problems.
4: Yeah, I mean, who who has that? I mean, seriously, open heart surgery in general. Who has that? But now we have two kids with it. But there was something that happened when he was born. There was something just not computing correctly, and we didn't know if we were oversensitive because we had faith, and so we're being extra sensitive about everything with our children, but there was something not right. And we didn't know. And so time after time, we went to the pediatrician. We're like, what's there's something not there. I mean, we went to neurologists. We went and, you know, just searching for something. And finally, after he had a little sickness in Phoenix during Christmas, they had a chest x-ray and they came back and said, his heart's enlarged. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I mean, we, we fell apart, honestly, when they called and told us that sure. um, because we said the words out of Stephanie's mouth was, I can't do this again. Yeah, wow. And again, as a dad, as a husband, what do you do? I mean, it's just so hard. But all the while, we've loved every step of it and every path that we've gone down, not not to say they weren't hard, they have absolutely been hard, and it's hard every day, honestly, even with faith. Um, people don't see you know behind closed doors and the challenges that we have to face with her not being accepted by everybody um, and uh, stuff like thats it's just hard as parents, yeah
0: so well and, and too I want to ask you. In um, just a second, you know how. What what are some of the lessons that you've learned um, as you guys have went through this journey? Now, I I, I I went back and looked at some of the notes. I believe we first mentioned uh, you actually in episode twelve, as I said earlier, and it was when we were having a discussion on uh, Mormons, uh, Mormonism. Oh, and, that's and, right. And the cult, uh, different cults, and Mormonism came up, and you certainly have a lot of insight there. Then it was episode thirteen. Uh, that we actually um, had your voicemail, and that was when richard Dawkins uh, kind of the story there, Richard Dawkins essentially made some comments that uh, that it was um, the uh, essentially the morally right thing to do um, to abort a uh, down syndrome uh, Down syndrome child because you know, it was incumbent upon us to reduce suffering wherever we could. And, um, and so, you know, obviously very moronic comments. And you came back with a, with a, you know, a, a you know, quite a fiery, uh, rightfully so podcast, um, of your own that, that kind of dealt with that. And then we, it was called um, In Your Face Dawkins, was it not? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should have been. Something it like should have that. Been. And so we, we talked about that, actually talked about that on the, um, you know, on the uh, on the podcast, but um, you know, just kind of knowing a little bit about you from afar, and just the 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 months that that I've known you, I mean, I know you guys have. Number one, I mean, you moved to Utah away from family um, in order to help plant a church there and try to reach um, reach people for the gospel there in in Utah. Um, there were challenges with the church plant. You've had challenges with um, you know your your ministry there, and and just you know your your own um you know making a living for your family and and then obviously with with faith and now with with Noah and so I mean you guys have been through um a lot of challenges uh, and I'm sure there's been a lot of times of doubts and 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 things that you've wrestled with but obviously I mean you have stayed the course and and so you know what what is you know how has God sustained you through all of these challenges? And, and what are some of the lessons? What are some of the things that he has taught you uh, as you've went through this?
1: So, oh, boy. Um, you know, nothing difficult.
4: Say, bring, yeah. bring the light reading today. <laughs> um, to try to condense that, I would say that what he's taught us more than anything is, is the journey of faith and it's that those moments of difficulty and those moments of adversity are those moments of growth. And you at least have the opportunity to grow. And what we've seen is there are so many people out there that have encountered these challenges. And to be honest, we've seen other people that have gone through much worse than we have. And But we're not going to sit here in a comparison because each battle is different. And whether you just you know, you have a financial problem at home, that might be huge for you, you know, and and that might be it. And so it's really in perspective, but our journey, it's like, I mean, it's that song, Oceans. I I mean, I'm sure you guys know that song. And that song almost drives me nuts because it talks about going into deeper water. And I, I just, At times I sit there and go, Jesus, I can't go any further. You've taken me way too far and I cannot go any further. But the truth is I can't go any further on my own two feet, on my own assurance, on my own control. And so every journey of faith is a losing of control more and more. And and that's what it's really that's what God's taken us through. And that's what I've learned is my control Is not my control. I I got to give that more and more to God. Mm -hmm. And so every challenge, it's like, well, that's not mine. Well, that's not mine. And and that's the journey of faith. I guess that's the biggest thing I've learned over this whole process is, you know, the lack of control that I really have Mm -hmm. and the necessity of faith that I need to have. Amen to that. Well, I'm going to throw out a statistic, and then I'm going to ask you what's probably
2: not an easy question. But okay. um, this is a – I saw this on the Desiring God website. John Knight wrote this. Imagine a group demographically that is set up like this. Ninety-nine percent of the people in that group say they are unquestionably happy with their lives. Ninety-seven percent of the people in that group Answer yes to the question, do you like who you are? And 99% of the people in this demographic group say uh, say yes to the statement, do you love your family? So so I want you to just, just think about the, the ultra-highness, uh, the, the ultra-high percentile of all of those statements. But that is – those are – children or people with Down Syndrome. 99% of them are happy with their lives. 97% of them like who they are. 99% of them agree with the statement, do you love your family? And so, Jared, if you ever do a uh, In Your Face Dawkins Part 2 <laughs> podcast, you might want to lead with that statistic nice. because in terms of happiness and, and, and all of that kind of stuff, th- th- as, as John Knight says, it's off the chart. Now, here's my, here's my question. What would you say to parents uh, who have gotten the same kind of phone call you did from the doctor. Something has showed up on the ultrasound. It looks like uh, some sort of profound or significant developmental challenge or something like that. They've got the call. Uh, Maybe they're not nearly as solid in the faith or as solidly pro-life as you guys are. What would you say to them? How would you counsel them? How would you exhort them?
4: Life sucks. I get it. There's challenges that we're going to go through. And I can't explain it. I couldn't explain how we went through it. And there you're going to hear a lot of things. And you're going to hear a lot of things that are going to really rattle your life. But in this moment, you got to realize that this moment is the hardest moment you're going to experience. After this, it doesn't get much worse. You'll learn through the process and you will find the greatest joy. But when all these other people are saying, oh, you know, children of Down syndrome are great. Don't listen to people that have never experienced it. The reality is life's hard. It's going to be hard. But I will guarantee you that you'll experience a joy that is so profound and beyond your understanding, that you just need to stick in it. Hmm. That'd be my short answer, I guess.
2: So profound and beyond your understanding—that that's uh, that's exciting. That's you know, and I know you're not selling pie-in-the-sky romanticism. That's <laughs> that's real
0: stuff, right? Did you ever have? I mean, just kind of thinking about kind of you know, your story with your family. I can imagine there would have been some temptations to think, you know, Lord, we, we went through a lot of profound changes and sacrifice to follow your call, and and now these things, you know, whether it's the, the the church plant, you know, not working out as you thought, or the the some of the job stresses, uh, you know, trying to make a living for your family, or the health of the kids i mean did you ever wrestle with any of those things of uh of some of that you know um you know god we've we're trying to do what you ask and here we keep running into some of these uh problems did you ever wrestle with any of
4: that oh no not never i was just it was perfect um <laughs> that's a good answer good. Uh, nice. no you're you're right and, and the funny thing is Oh, man. How many times have I wrestled with God in these situations? Um, it, it's I, I just thought of something as you're saying this, and it's, it's weird because my understanding of who God is, ne- I never realized how entrenched into humanity it was. Because every time you encounter another situation, it felt like your theology changed. And because you had so much humanity in it. And so all my perceptions and all my expectations of who I had placed on God started to change. And I, it started to restructure because God was so much more than that, but I was putting almost a limitation on him or an expectation or, you know, a fill in the blank. And so going through those things and I constantly wrestled with God with that, um, I'm not one of those guys that sits there and they have these challenges like, oh, you know, praise God. No, I literally wrestle with God. I go toe-to-toe with him and I go, I know I'm stubborn, but I'm not going to accept this. I don't want it. I don't want to go through this. So you need to change something about it because I do not want to do this. And it was almost like every time I did do that, (laughs) he stood toe-to-toe and was like, okay you can swing and hit like a little child or a toddler that's fine (laughs) i'm not gonna move and that's what it was it was like a little toddler moment and it's almost like there's my toddler faith and i i throw my tantrum and then okay then i start growing through it um i guess i don't know does that answer that question yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely
0: and and i thank you for being you know just kind of open and honest there and um, you know, and I think wrestling is, uh, you know, I think it's John, uh, one of our elders here, who's always talking about, you know, just being open and being honest with God is mm-hmm. part of that relationship journey. But, you know, I can see that being something that, you know, um, you would go through. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of normal to wrestle with God when you have challenges anyway. But then, you know, certainly there, I think there's that sense of, You know, when we're doing something and following God's call, um, you know, I think there's almost this sense of not having challenges with it, you know, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, hey, well, I'm doing this. Why why are there all these roadblocks and difficulties? And um, so I I just think that's – I imagine that's something that other people have wrestled with that are listening to this or are wrestling with now. Um, So uh, how about – so Noah uh, is scheduled for some surgery later in April? yeah and um how how can we be praying for him? We want to pray for him in just a few minutes before yeah. we before we get off here but but, how can people be praying for Noah leading up to the surgery?
4: Um, just the strength of his heart and the the healing and to be honest that he doesn't get sick or have another issue. I mean his original date for open heart surgery was the beginning of february mm. and um but the day after we found out about these holes he came down with RSV and bacterial pneumonia, put him in the hospital for 10 days. Wow. And they won't do surgery for another 6 weeks after a any type of virus. And so we waited until March 11th, had that date, and 3 days before that, uh, we had to take him to the hospital or no, took him to a pediatrician and told him, you know, he's uh, his stool. They, hey, there you go, poop. See, we hey, talked about poop. Man. Hey, That's the first good. time it's come thank, up thank in the bro. show. That's
0: a that's a minor miracle. <laughs> you man. are now you have, you have now moved into line for uh, guest guest uh, host on the on the podcast
4: when one of the guys can't be <laughs> here. So here's here's the thing. It came out as white poop. Oh and we didn't know I mean probably not good. We, no, no, we we guess. went to the beat and they were like, Yeah, he's he's pooping white and they're like, um, he needs to go to the ER right now. And we're like, "Oh, Nick, okay." Nick picked the <laughs> Volkswagen one time, but I don't know. That's <laughs> not really the same
0: thing.
1: How did that? <laughs> How did that even come to mind?
0: I don't, come? I don't know. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness!
4: So we, but we, we got to the hospital and they found out that his liver gallbladder wasn't functioning, and wow. so, you know, they took out his gallbladder because he had gallstones and. I guess the surgeon goes, "Yeah, this is really rare because I've only done this on an infant once." Wow. Please don't say that afterwards. Yeah. Oh no. no. Oh no. No, not. that was that was before. And we're like, "We need to work on cool. <laughs> Wow. Well, so, yeah. now mm-hmm.
0: listen, before we uh, I think Chase had uh, had some questions for you regarding some of the um poop? Not poop. Um <laughs> but Mormons, so uh but <laughs> I know some, yeah, I was about I to uh, about to make a bad joke, but uh, but before we no. move to that, um, you know I know i 've went and listened to some of your old podcasts i know you 're kind of in hiatus right now as far as podcast work goes um, you 've got you've got a couple websites specialfamiliescoach.com, dot uh, com a lot of good articles out there that you have posted there 's um, a traditional family the letter a traditional family dot com which I think is a little bit more about your family and um, Noah's Journey but um, especially for those who, with special needs children uh, but also just families in general some of your podcasts and the ones that I listen to and going back to I think you really go in depth in some of your early podcasts about um, some of the wrestling uh, with finding out uh, you know, about faith and, and some of the reactions mm-hmm. from the doctors w- where can people get those podcasts if they want to uh, listen to them?
4: I mean, just go to iTunes, uh, type in building special families or, um, uh, that was, I mean, you,
0: that was the name of the podcast building yeah, special the, families.
4: Yeah. The podcast okay. was building special families podcast. Um, I mean, you can search special needs it's one of those. Um, okay. so, I mean, that's the best way. And if you want to hear our personal story, a lot of those, uh, podcasts are actually interviews. I'd say half of them were, Yeah. um, but if you want to hear our story, go to the very first podcast on that, and I go into probably about a forty-minute uh, story about faith. Yeah,
0: that's one. I, that's one of the ones I listened to.
4: Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, and that that wasn't even Noah, so we hadn't even found out about Noah at that yeah, point. So, yeah.
0: you can also reach Jared on Twitter uh, at Jared Buckley on Twitter, and you can uh, get in touch with him there.
2: Well, well, hey, first of all, the the this. The uh, gallbladder liver story didn't get finished. Is 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 that better now?
4: Yeah, they got rid of it. They threw it in the trash, and he got the gallbladder, uh, right? Yeah, they okay. they took it out. I mean, it was one of those things. And for people that don't know, the gallbladder lives in the liver, and so he had some gallstones that got lodged into the duct coming out of his gallbladder, and it that's what turned his poop white. Oh man! And so. They're like, all right, we'll just take that out. Took the gallstones out. There's quite a few gallstones stuck in there. And um, this little kid has a four-inch incision right under his rib cage. Wow. And so they're like, well, we can't do open heart uh, for another couple weeks because that incision's right next to where the open heart will be. So he's going to be all scarred up. and But he's doing good now. So That's good. Praise God, man. Yes. Like David said, we're going to pray
2: for him in a minute, but I I did have a a, kind of a Mormon-related question for you. Earlier in the show, the part that you weren't on, the part that shouldn't smear your good name, uh, but that might compromise ours a little bit, we talked quite a bit about Catholics and and some kind of uh, outrageous features of Catholic theology and ecclesiology. And and kind of based on that, the the question I have is going to apply a little bit to – Catholicism, but it really, I guess, more focused on Mormonism. How do you share the gospel, Jared, with people who are convinced they are already followers of Jesus, that they are already saved, but quite obviously
4: are not? Um. first question is, is it our responsibility to save people? Um, Absolutely not. Right, and that's and that's really where I go with it. Um, the way that we have pursued our mission out here in Utah was to plant a gob of seeds everywhere we go. I mean, from everything we do, and the way that we do it is, I mean, you can't stand there, and as soon as somebody says an inaccurate you know, theological statement about who God is, you can't sit there and be like, oh yeah, you're wrong. Let me tell you why you're wrong. I mean, it just doesn't happen because it's the way that we see uh, evangelizing is based off of relationships. I mean, people have to trust you and they're not going to listen to you, especially something that is against what they've been taught their whole life. They're not going to listen to you unless they trust you with their life. And what we found out is the LDS and the Mormons out here they are not very trusting because they've been burnt by whatever. And, and so we had to build those relationships. And it's just planting the seeds of the gospel of who Jesus uh, – here's the side note. I say the name Jesus so many times in Utah. It, it's just – it's hilarious because they don't use the name Jesus hardly ever. Wow. And think about this and think about why for a second, because Jesus is personal. Jesus is a name. Jesus is who I have this relationship with. But when I say Christ, Lord, Master, Savior, which which they all use, it's a title. It's formal. They don't have a relationship. They don't have that tie. And so I speak the name of Jesus so that they can hear that. It's so. interesting
2: you say that we we, we sourced uh, we referenced a CNN article earlier, multi pages, extremely long article about a Catholic family who had essentially decided to become atheists. And the thing I noticed in the article mentioned Christ, mentioned God, mentioned Savior, mentioned the Church and the teachings of the Church, you know, dozens of times, but the name Jesus itself never brought up, never mentioned.
4: Hmm. That's. It, it, and the funny thing is, now that people hear this, a lot of them will go, I never even thought of that. Yes. I mean, it's something I never thought of either. But the more that we're here, we're like, why don't they say Jesus? And we started digging deeper into that. And, I mean, that's that's the greatest thing I can come up with is, is that they don't have that relationship. They don't really know who Jesus is, the, the man Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so – That's That's awesome.
0: That's
2: excellent stuff, man.
4: What is, um,
0: you know, how do you guys, um, I don't know, how do you perceive the gospel there right now? Like how is in your area where you are and, and, um, you know, how is it, do you see some fruit happening? Is it in, you know, is it kind of small amounts? Do you see, you know, a lot of, obviously a lot of challenges, but just kind of from your standpoint, you know, how's that going as far as your
4: work there, mission work there? That's such an interesting question. Um, the, the what I see is, I, and you guys are probably going to think this is a weird statement or interesting statement, is I believe the Mormon church is hanging on a thread, I believe it's barely even standing, and I believe it's about to fall. Wow! So, how?
0: how why? Is that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I knew you'd find that interesting statement. Um, the reason you would have to live here to understand that statement, but yeah. the the reality to that is the stuff that people, and, and this is where this is where the missionary work and the evangelism actually has happened. And when I say evangelism, I believe it's really really discipleship. It's just the beginning stages of discipleship. So, I mean, you look at this, and I believe that Mormons are changing their view of who Jesus is, Hmm. which is at the core against everything that Mormon is. And so if you can change the view and actually start to shift – I guess maybe even the worldview, they begin to start thinking differently. And and all the statistics that everybody hears is, oh, the Mormonism is the fastest growing religion. And, you know, whatever. Um, By the way, we have one of our news stations that is owned by the Mormon church. And so we, oh yeah, we hear about Mormonism all the time. I mean, it's always on the news. And so what's interesting is they're not telling the statistic that is, the most profound and it's that people don't get off the Mormon list unless they take a legal document that is signed by a lawyer pretty much and hand it to somebody high up in the Mormon church. So they have lists and names and names and names. I would say less than 50% are active on that Mormon list. And so their statistic of a growing church is not true. Um, it's actually, I believe it's faltering in huge ways. There's many Christians out here that are still on the Mormon list, have never been taken off, but they don't want anything to do with uh, with Mormonism. And so there's these things that are happening underneath the Mormon church that I believe are beginning to shake the foundation of what, you know, Mormon is built upon. And that's really just values. Um so that's my interpretation of it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That is good stuff.
0: Well, I want to ask um uh Nick if he will uh pray for Noah uh here as we get ready to head out of the segment. But uh Jared, just really appreciate you coming on and, and being willing to share uh you know not only just what's happened with your family and being open about that and some of those challenges, but also um you know, it's always interesting to talk to you and hear your perspective on uh the uh on Mormonism and and how the gospel's go in there and uh definitely hope you can keep in touch and um uh you know hopefully at some point we'll be able to get together and meet in person.
4: Yeah, that would be uh that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, it would be. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh some tells me you'd fit in well around here.
4: Uh, so. <laughs> hey, hey the I've been to the maybe. south. Hey, we're good. I've been to the south. I hey, I lived in Tennessee. So Really? No, hey. Really? I did. I was um in Johnson Johnson City, Tennessee, and I I went to seminary for about a year out there. Here's the cool part. Um, Yeah, they don't like Californians. I'm originally from California, (laughs) and I was serving at Applebee's. I literally had to have a southern accent so I actually get a good tip. Of, and
1: that doesn't surprise uh, me a
4: little. Bit.
0: Tennessee's a little pickle. <laughs> yeah. now, now you were one of the guys that thought we talked a little bit too much SEC stuff. Uh, what what are, you a, yeah. are you? a are you a Pac Pac twelve fan or where's your allegiance well, lie you,
4: there? It, yeah, it's Pac twelve. But everybody from the SEC doesn't even know what the Pac twelve is because you're asleep by the time they play. What What, so, is, a, what is a twelve pack?
0: It's a it's Oregon and is this eleven LaGrosse? other teams. I'm, yeah, I'm
4: just kidding. <laughs>
1: Jeez. I kid, I kid. So who's your team?
4: Um I actually honestly it was SEC until they went through the whole scound uh, the whole dilemma that Pete Carroll ran away from and mm-hmm. I would say anything Pac12 because everybody else pretty much isolates Pac12 so now it's just Roofer, pretty just, much just anybody Pac12, Pac-12. Pac-12. yeah. yeah. Okay. So fair enough. Well, y'all got
0: Rich Rod out there in uh Arizona now, so maybe uh you know he came pretty close this year to uh you know, getting them in the playoffs. So maybe that'll, maybe that'll, maybe that happen.
1: Hey, anybody over Alabama? You know,
0: that's my, that's my, that's <laughs> Can my. Can you edit that
1: out, Nick? Well, look, today I'm taking my lumps. I mean, this today has not been, a, this weekend has not been good for good old Crimson Tide.
0: Yeah,
2: well, it has been a rough week for our school.
0: Well, you you pray hey. for, pray for. Oh yeah, go ahead, man.
4: Um, I was gonna tell you. And you can edit this or out or not. I don't care. Yeah, We probably um, say we will, but we won't. <laughs> yeah, probably, because I hear that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so you might be interested. We've had 26 missionaries come into our house since we've lived here. Wow. That we haven't gone after. They've just come into our house. Different missionaries. Um, wow. One was the most interesting was they brought a higher up to our house. And... Um, can you say a spiritual warfare in the midst of your family? Wow. Really? I had the people that were part of our church at the time had come over as well. A couple of them were former LDS, and they sat oh, there, wow. and I had two meetings with this dude. And this, this might be the one you want to edit out, and so – okay. I'll, I'll have a break right before I say it. <laughs> <laughs> so they brought the higher-up guy. But you got to understand Utah County does not understand diversity. Oh no. It is 100% white. Wow. I mean, 100%. And so what came out of the car was blew my mind because there was a mid six-year-old black dude walking up to my door and he's LDS I'm going, "What? Are you kidding?" I mean, every time we have any type of diversity, like we had a, a guy that was coaching for me. I was like, hey, your brother, thank goodness. I mean, jeez. <laughs> hey, That's a so, good title right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, thank goodness. <laughs> time so, I'm writing that it down. Hold on. <laughs> hey, but here's the interesting thing is they uh, changed the whole priesthood allowance of uh, I- any African-American in 1978. Yep. So this mid-six-year-old man could not have been in the church beforehand. So what is he doing in Utah, and what is he doing that he's LDS? And so he came up, and we had the first conversation. He was saying that he didn't believe what the church believed about Trinity, didn't believe about this, didn't believe about this. And I'm going, what is going on? And finally he was telling me how um, Peter was not dead. He was uh, Translocated, I think he said. Um, and John wasn't dead; he's still alive. And I'm like, "What is he talking about?" I, I mean, we
2: John weird for the stuff. Bible is still alive. Yes.
4: Oh yeah, and, and Peter. Peter. Oh, oh yeah.
2: I totally want their autographs on a baseball. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> oh my
4: gosh! I got to find them. Okay.
1: So and the he truth was te- brain has gone <laughs> off. <old. laughs>
4: so he's telling me all this stuff, and I'm like, "Why is he telling me this stuff? It doesn't even make sense." And finally, at the end of it, we went to shake hands. And Stephanie was standing next to me, and I shook the guy's hand, and I shook the missionary's hand, and he grabbed it, pulled me closer, and said, you know, the words that you heard today were truth. And I, like, threw my hands away and backed up. And Stephanie, seriously, she told me later, she was, I was about to jump over and hit him. It was the most evil moment I've ever encountered in my life. Wow. And... We had already assigned another meeting to come up. And so this guy and the missionaries came back up a week later, and it took me a week to pray through this and process this. And so I was ready. And I realized what he had been doing with the Peter and John thing. He was he was basically laying the foundation to say that Joseph Smith knew the fact that this was true. And so Joseph Smith is right. That's what he was he was paving that way. I just wow. didn't see it. And so what did we do? This is the part you're going to like. I had about eight of us there, 10 of us there. They just kind of sat, and I told all of our people. I said, do not say a word. Do not open your mouth. Do not get in this fight, because I have something to say tonight and or today. So they sat there, and these guys came in, and we have all 60 minutes of it recorded on video. Um, We sat there. One of the guys— He just recorded the whole thing. Um, And I told the guy that came back in, this mid-six-year-old black dude living in Utah County, completely out of realm. I don't know why he's here. But he sat there and I just told him basically, I said, look, what you came and brought into my house will never enter this house again. You stand here and you said stuff that is absolutely not true and you are never ever invited to my house again do you understand me and he looked at me just a little confused and then he realized he he realized i wasn't talking to him (laughs) Uh, oh wow (laughs) and i made my point very clear we sat there that he they left never to come back um after that And there's a couple people sitting there. And here's the coolest part. Faith left the room as soon as he got there. Faith went into her room never to come back until they left. We got all of our people and started praying right after it happened. Faith comes running in and throws her hands in the air like she's worshiping. As soon as we started praying, crazy. And there's a couple guys that were standing there. And one of the dudes that was former LDS just started crying. He goes, I've never in my life seen anything so evil. I can't believe that just happened, and oh. it was, yeah. So um, I have that on video. That's uh, pretty crazy. Is it posted? Oh no, no, oh, okay. no. no. <laughs> this is this is on my computer, uh. and uh, yeah, I just uh, keeping that in the vault. So it's probably a good idea, dude. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That is. I you
0: know who would uh, Josh and. Uh, Joshua, Josh Dean, Dean and, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Jared. Look, I well. it, it, Jared, your encounter with the higher
2: ups sounds a lot like the encounter that Josh Dean and I had uh, with a higher up, a very, a very high southeastern Mormon kind of leader here. Uh, that really? some of the stuff they said was just crazy. Like, 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 you know, why do you have to wonder about these questions in the Bible? Um, when we actually have a living apostle that we can go ask for a, essentially a ruling directly from the Lord, and uh, you know, hey, that's great if it's true. It's not. It's it's not true. But uh, it was it was a very interesting encounter. Probably not as intense uh, as the one you shared about. That that was uh, that was an amazing story.
4: That I've never That was the most intense thing that we've ever had happen while we've lived out here. Um, I, I mean, I have awesome relationships with a ton of LDS people, and I mean some really, really good friends. That was the most spiritual, battled or warfare entrenched thing that we've gone through since we've lived out here. so that was that was pretty interesting though. to yeah, say the least to say the least.
0: That is wild, yeah, wild, 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 wild. We had to, we have to find a way to see that video sometime. Uh,
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. All right, Nick, we uh, lead us out. And pray for uh, Noah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, look, man, I'll just, I'll just say it's, it's not something I'm glad to do, but I'm, I'm glad to pray. It's not something taken lightly at all. And so, mm-hmm. just, you know, we've, we've laughed and we've joked, but, um, you know, my heart goes out to you, um, understanding, it just not wanting to understand but just imagining and put myself there so um yeah. very serious going in, into this um, all all fun we've had together Side. i thank god for that brotherly connection but father okay. god i just i thank you um first i want to thank you for for jared and his life his testimony yes. um mm-hmm. his faith his work um that you have gifted him equipped and um, just empowered him to do. I, I thank you that he's got a partner, his wife, that um, I love his, his talk about their competitive nature, uh, not necessarily with each other. I imagine it comes across sometimes, but Lord, I thank you <laughs> that that you've put them together, Lord. Um, obviously, he's a fighter, Lord, and he's got a partner by his side that's a fighter with him. And um, Lord, we don't know why um, it gets to be us, and I, and I love the honesty of what he said. Yeah, this sucks sometimes, and it does, Lord, but I thank you for your grace that by your Holy Spirit you um, preserve us and keep us, that um, our lives and our struggles can be a testament to your goodness and your grace. And the first prayer I have um, is that the situation with Noah, that you get all the glory, you get all the praise. Mm. And I know Jared is is working for that to be the case, and I thank you for that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you continue to bless him and his, his wife and his other children and his family members and his church members with peace, knowing that you yes. will get the glory from this. Mm-hmm. But practically, Lord, as a distant brother, as a father myself – I just ask for healing for this young man. I ask for full, complete healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, by your stripes, bring healing to this young man. I thank you for the, yes. the gift of modern medicine. Um, yes. But I, I believe in healing. I believe in, in the spiritual gifts that I believe was partially illustrated by that last story. I believe healing can still happen today. And I, and I just I pray for it, whether it comes supernaturally and they wake up in the morning and he's fine, or whether it comes in this surgery, Lord. If if surgery comes, I pray there are no delays. I pray there are no mm. complications. Um, not by any knowledge of a man or benefit of a schedule, but by Your goodness, Your grace, and that You get the glory. Um, thank You for their their family. Thank You for their lives, Lord. The season um, that will that meet them soon. Um, I just pray You continue to prepare them for that, um, and just. Keep the fire in this man's heart going. I, I pray, um, leaning on your power, Lord, against the work of the enemy that would try to to stifle this fire, and just keep them energized and powered for your good work, Lord. Thank mm. you for what they've done and what they're going to do. In Jesus' name, Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well,
0: Jared, I appreciate you. you coming on, man. Uh, all of us do. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, I just uh, kind of a point of clarification. When you first came on, and I was asking you for your uh, wife's name for Facebook page uh, you you said Gertrude but then you keep talking about Stephanie so I don't what what, no, what there's some, there con- some d- Mormon tradition there in con- Utah right there's there? some con- yeah
4: yeah oh. Um, oh, oh, boom. well you didn't say what number I mean that's <laughs> really
2: you should have known that there we go by that's the way this awesome. will be the episode that probably makes us the most enemies of any uh, Catholics and Mormons are very large yes. people groups. Right. So do you think some of Fantastic. them had
1: discernment? That's why we had the grenade in the studio? It could be. Wow. Uh, it won't be the last grenade. To Nick with
2: love. We started yeah. recording today, Jared, with a rec- with a literal grenade in the studio yeah. that was left <laughs> for Nick for some reason.
4: Yeah, I don't know what I did. I can think uh, of oh, it. I-, I can tell you. I forgot <laughs> to mention. I had to say this because Emmanuel said something. Okay. Yes, I do have a job. And that's why Facebook, I just don't interact. So, <laughs> that's Daniel's funny. He did,
0: he it. did, yeah, he did say that. That is, that is funny. All right. Well, Jared, appreciate you being on, man. That's going to be a wrap for uh, episode uh, 44. And hope you uh, can come on again with us sometime and keep in touch. Definitely want to hear after um, Noah's surgery how Absolutely. things went. And we'll yes. give everybody an update on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, thanks for being here.
4: Thank you guys. I appreciate it and appreciate the prayer, Nick.
1: So, Absolutely. I'm glad, yeah. glad to do it. We'll continue to do so. And, um, you know, we we've talked earlier in the show. We've talked periodically about our different social media. Um, if you're listening to the show, you know, obviously, please uh, continue to pray for this family. Um, and if, if you want to join the communities where we are, uh, we've got the, the Facebook group, Hall of Dogma. You can get there by HallofDogma.com a little bit easier than the Facebook URL. We've got Twitter, at My Gospel Friends. And, of course, you can leave us voicemails. We've heard a couple of those today. 205 575 9735 or speakpipe, speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. I think that's the, the longest short of it. Gospelfriends.com for show notes where all this information will be uh, if for some reason you need it later. Um, I think that's it for now because uh, David really, really wants to go watch Men in Tights. So
0: WrestleMania time.
1: Tune in next week when you may hear David say, You know, loyal friends are hard to come by.
0: Send in an application if you want to be mine.
5: Hi, my name is Bill. I am uh, the Unicorn Tortoise, and I am magical. Um, I just wanted to call and uh, let you guys know that I appreciate the shout-out from the podcast. I appreciate you uh, uh, forgiving my crazy Uncle Eddie and his uh, disturbing The Hall of Dogma. And I just wanted to uh, uh, talk a little bit about the Truth Train. So, a funny story. I have another cousin, Sam, who almost got ran over by a train, because him being a turtle uh the unicorn is on my father's side. The turtle's on my mother's side, so it'll be my mother's uh nephew Sam anyways, uh you guys don't care about that um he was trying to cross the tracks, and the train was in the distance and he was just crossing and crossing and crossing because I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there seems to be a negative stereotype. The turtles are slow. Well, in Sam's case, it was completely accurate. He was slower than all will get out, and he barely made it across the tracks. He was almost literally ran over by a train. So, Chase, if you could just remember... When you're talking about running people over with truth trains, understand that there are real people with real problems almost getting run over by trains. You could really be a little more sensitive to the plight of those who are uh, uh, slower and uh, in danger of being run over by said trains. Um, So anyways, thank you very much. Uh, Love the show. Uh, Looking forward to it. And uh, always remember, be magical. And you can follow me at Unicorn Tortoise. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.